a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a rock. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very profound. Expanding, Expanding reality. reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this very special episode, we have Rachel Horton White joining us from Soulful Work Intuitive Counseling. Rachel is a clinical hypnotherapist, a mindfulness teacher, intuitive guide, and super amazing. Now, that last bit's not in her bio, but I added it because it's absolutely accurate. Now, uh, we talk a lot about the Acacia readings, in which she reads quite a bit of, and she's fascinating. We also talk about Ascended Masters, healing through the Acacia, expanding our light bodies, the power of energy. Absolutely incredible conversation. Y'all are really going to enjoy this one. So all of the ways, of course, to reach Rachel will be located down in the show notes take advantage of that. While you're down in the show notes, checking that out as well, check out our resource links. You've got Food Forest Abundance. We have Opus, the organization for paranormal understanding and support. If you'd like to start your own podcast, we just partnered with Red Circle. There's a link in the show notes titled Start Your Own Podcast. I highly encourage anybody who even has half an inch, go ahead and do it. It's been the coolest thing I've ever done. I highly recommend it. As well, check the show notes for the Manifestor's Guide, guys. If you really want to step your game up to the next level, there's an offer there that is a scholarship offer that he has just for you the listeners of this show as well at checkout if you type in expanding reality all caps no spaces you get an even sweeter deal on top of that so if you're ready to change your life click that link if not that's okay no worries it'll be there whenever you are now, also located down in the show notes is going to be expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where links to all the socials go, all the merchandise. If you want to get a cool t-shirt, it's there. As well as all of the lives are replayed, Too Hot for YouTube, all the good stuff. But while you're over there, go ahead and sign up to become an expansive insider. That's where all the bonus episodes are. And that is a wonderful way to support the show that supports you in expanding your reality. Now... Also, this is a value for value system. So if you find any value in the show whatsoever, there's a link down there that says support the mission and feel free to invest as much or as little as you'd like. It all helps. And I'm truly grateful for everyone that's been so supportive and in alignment with expanding your reality. All right, guys, now that we got through that, let's get to this incredible conversation with Rachel Horton White. Welcoming to the show, we have Rachel Horton White hanging out with this uh, soulful work. Very cool. Now, I thought of something also, uh, consulting. What do you think about that? Consulting and counseling. What's the difference? Yeah. You know, I came up with consulting because I thought I was going to be going into businesses and I was sharing like mindfulness and consciousness. And then quickly, I they somebody actually told me I was too weird for them. I was too out there for them. So that I don't do that anymore, but I didn't, haven't changed the name yet. <laughs> Probably I love should. it. What well, was thinking of spelling it? Consulting. S-O-U-L, yeah. right? Console. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. 
That's there you good. go. That one's on the house. You can have it. Thank uh, you. <laughs> clinical hypnotherapist, mindfulness teacher, and intuitive guide. You, you're amazing. Uh, first of all, just for the audience's sake here, all the ways to find you, of course, will be located down in the show notes. You guys make sure that you check her out. I only have the most amazing people on here, and she's one of them. So Ben Carroll is a mutual friend of ours. So how did you meet Ben? Oh, man. Ben is originally from Maine, as I am, and we connected about seven years ago, and I... I honestly can't even remember how, I think maybe a mutual friend. And I, he came, he was part of this meditation group that I started. And so we would just hang out and, and he told me his interesting story of how he was this in this famous rock band. And now he, and he left all that and started doing sound healing. I just really liked him. We just really hit it off and became friends. And um, we've just, you know, we've done some workshops together and, and we just, he's just such a genuinely, amazing kind awake person he's a one of a kind so i just yeah we just have mutual respect and admiration for each other and then he and jenny you know they're friends of our family's family now so yeah i love it and so this meeting of you and i was inevitable because janine and him are family of uh, you know expanding reality and me as well so this works out perfectly and it yeah. was so nice of you to join us on that ultra terrestrial <laughs> chat the other night for the expansive insiders that was so awesome thank you, you crushed oh it. It such a such an honor for me to be there with such cool people so thank you it's it's so much fun um so i want to start it let's just kick it off if you don't mind for folks that don't know a little bit more than what i just said about you there just tell us a little bit more about yourself um well, what I really am doing in my work is helping people expand into their highest and best selves. And the way I do that is um, I, I work with people on one-on-one -on -one quite a bit. And I, I'm helping them kind of open their third eye, open their, open their intuition, clear away ego, fear, doubt, um, and help them learn to just trust themselves and connect with their inner beings. I, there's a little bit of teaching involved, like how to, what sorts of divine guidance they might be comfortable connecting with. So, you know, I don't always say this because I, I do try to work with people who are in the beginning stages of, of awakening, but um, they really, I'm really, I'm helping them ascend into 5D consciousness. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, and I do that in through different ways, you know, hypnotherapy, helping them clear what's held in the subconscious, Akashic records, helping them access um, the superconscious, you know, what their past lives and their soul purpose and lessons they're here to learn in this life. Um, I do a lot of, I have a, a podcast where I do a lot of meditations um, and I teach people how to read the Akashic records and I teach different you know, like angel classes. So, you know, I'm teaching people how to become an intuitive guide like me as well. And this, so I, I enjoy doing that as well, like pairing it, paying it forward. So I, I kind of pick up different things along the way. I'm like, no, I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to do this. So I'm just such a blessing. I didn't always do this. So I started about seven or eight years ago. So it's been an interesting journey. It's incredible. And that's how Ben described you to me. We were, we were on a phone call and he was like, oh my God, I have the most amazing curse. You got to have her on. And uh, he said, she just likes something and then gets certified in it and likes something and gets certified in it. Like you're just an expert in so many different things. And it's, so it's cool funny. because it gives you such a well-rounded perspective on this. And, you know, you have your, 
offering yourself more perspectives. Again, you know, so this invites in a greater understanding and awareness as far as your tools and your toolbox to be able to help people and relate to people. Because we all know, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't do well with like sitting meditations. I just know this about myself, right? They just don't work for me. But I know that walking meditations are all mow, you know, I've got a zero turn mower, so I call it moditation and it takes like hours <laughs> to mow this yard. Great. So it's a very similar like kinetic process and I need to do this. But for you to dip into so many different expertises and then to be able to dip into that and be like, oh, I like a little bit of this and I like a little mm-hmm. bit of that. And this, you know, mm-hmm. works really, really well for healing people. So mm-hmm. do, have you discovered that, that just being outside of one particular discipline in this, if we call it that, that that's really broadened the scope of service that you've been able to provide? Yeah. I mean, so I first started out um, thinking I was just, you know, I started going through this awakening process in 2015 and that's when I started waking up. And um I was all really interested in energy and vibration and the concept of how we can kind of create our own realities. And I was teaching, I wanted to do workshops on that. And so I was doing that. Um, but then I actually was in meditation and the phrase Akashic records just came in in meditation. I didn't even know what it was. And I was curious about it. And I'd always done tarot. I used to do tarot readings for people. I still do sometimes, but tarot was kind of like my gateway drug <laughs> to <laughs> all this, you know, sort of, uh, intuitive work. Um, but so I learned, I got a reading and then I was like, this is amazing. Akashic records is absolutely, I was just fascinated. And then, um, and then I, so I started doing that. And then at the same time, I was like, I want to learn more. So I went back to school, um, and I learned hypnotherapy. It was a Southwest Institute for healing arts in Arizona. And, um, and so I just, I, then I, I learned hypnotherapy and do past life regression. So it's kind of all connected, yeah. like working, you know, diving in deep into the subconscious mind and not just in this life, but in other lives. And so that, you know, and of course, in my spare time, I like to read about the truth. It's about Jesus. And I read like channeled messages from the Palladians and <laughs> all that awesome. stuff. But, um, but I feel like I'm always learning and growing and, um, yeah, there's all there's so much. There's so much to learn about. There's so much. It's just absolutely amazing. And it's so much fun. It's like you check the other box, you know, on the other side to come into this life or whatever. You said, yeah, yeah, yeah. give me the package. <laughs> I want to do all the cool stuff. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Uh, so are you, do you consider yourself like a medium? Do you do you feel that you channel uh, specific entities? Well, that's a very good question. I mean, I I suppose the answer would be yes on the one hand. Um I, when I'm in the Akashic records, there are people like to see loved ones that will come through and I'll connect with their energy and share that with people. I, I do sometimes do channeling of like Archangel Michael or Jesus or whoever wants to come in, you know, and I'll write it down. I don't like speak it out loud, but I have a, a little thing where I don't call myself that because I don't also, I choose not to do mediumship, like for, um, to see, you know, strictly mediumship, the form of mediumship, I guess I would do would be in the Akashic records. And there's a reason for that because I've had a few attachments like spirit attachments. And that's a, that's annoying. <laughs> I don't like that. You know? So where I like the, 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 um, the deceased person, which is, you know, it's all well and, and good, but I'll give you one example. I had, um, I did a reading for a woman in the Akashic records whose son had passed and he, you know, at a young, at, you know, when he was a teenager and she was really distraught. And so I connected with him and I was just sharing what was coming through for him trying to help her. Cause she was so, you know, deep grief. 
And then when I went home that night, I went up to my bathroom or I was in the bathroom and this has never happened before, but the lights were flickering on and off. And I knew it was him. And I was like, okay, what are you doing here? You know, <laughs> and, and he, and the message, I just closed my eyes and the message was, you know, I want you to help my mom. I was like, okay, I'm going to help your mom, but you have to leave. You cannot be here. You have to leave. And it, and it stopped and he went away. But, and then I've had another thing like that happen with somebody who committed suicide. And that was more serious, like an attachment, like I was carrying her energy. And so I, I try to, <laughs> this is a long answer to your question, but I, I, um, it does usually that doesn't happen anymore unless I invite it in. That's why I have to be really careful of like, if I'm thinking about that, um, spirit or the client, I have to be like, okay, no, shut those off. Cause then I'm bringing that energy in. Right. Um, and with the suicide, it was somebody that I knew when I was reading about in the paper and I was fascinated, like, what happened? What happened? I was like, Oh my gosh, I just invited that energy in like yeah. why I should have known better. So, so, but the Akashic records protects me because it's a container of light and it's filled with divine energy. So I don't, I, I suppose it is a little bit like that, but it's a short amount of time. And I, and I spend more time when I do readings with people with these light beings known as the masters and it's very high vibration and there's no sort of attachment. So yeah, that's just my thing. That's what works for me. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's so fascinating. Now, do you consider the, just as you're describing it here, something because it's challenging for folks like me who aren't contactees. I don't really, you know, um, have these overt experiences that I can go, hell yeah, that was Archangel Michael or anything like that. I'm just not like that. And that's okay. I, I feel like I'm meant to remain objective. And I'm fine with it. But it, it's tricky for me. And I know pro probably a few people out there in the audience as well to visualize what we're talking about when we're talking about the Akashic Records. I mean, in my mind, when you're talking about it, it sounds like a like a bubble, like an out-of-bounds zone for anything bad happening, kind of like the Switzerland of the spirit world where nobody's fighting, <laughs> nobody's battling, and it, it yeah. has just like this awesome like library of information. Is it, am I yes. far off or pretty Absolutely. close? Absolutely, yes, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, when I first learned the Akashic Records, I learned from this woman named Linda Howe, who's a very well-known sort of um, Akashic Records teacher. She didn't explain it that way, which I kind of appreciate because I didn't, she didn't want us to have a preconceived idea of what to expect. So when you, you know, the Akashic records is mentioned in the Bible in different religious texts as the book of life. Um, and some people, so, so, you know, and it's also, if you read, look up a definition, it will literally say it's like a library or like, um, you know, a hallway. And um, so, but everybody's experience in the Akashic records is different. So the way I perceive it will be different than the way you perceive it. Um, but for me personally, that's exactly how I do experience it. It's just this infinitely long, like hallway of soupy, smoky light. That's the best wow. way to describe it. And you look in either direction and there's, and there's actually things like the past lives are held and what I, the way, again, I'm kind of giving everybody my own perception. Hopefully it won't, uh, cloud or it won't, um, influence their, accessing it, but I perceive a past lives as like little boxes or like, um, like, shut, you know, a, a drawer you pull out getting into a past life. There's also, um, the masters of course, who I also often, this is cool. I see them sitting like a, like a, a semicircle, like the Jedi council and star Wars. Yeah. They literally look like there's so much truth in movies, as you know, you know, they literally look like, and they look like, the other, some of them have hoods. Some of them, one guy I see a lot in my records is bald, just very, he looks like a bald Buddhist monk or something. 
Um, and then there's a really old guy and there's an old woman. And, and then I, the rest, I don't really see. I just know they're there. Um, and I don't always see their faces. Sometimes it just, you know, I have to ask, but then there's deceased loved ones that will show up. There's ascended masters like Jesus or mother Mary, the, the Palladians or Arcturians, these multi-dimensional beings will come in over here. It's very interesting how like the positioning, um, it's just, I, I, I can't, I could, I could literally talk about it all day long. Cause it's just absolutely unbelievably fascinating. And I hope that someday everybody, you included, cause you're asking me about it. So your, your, your vibration is close to it. Um, everybody could access their own Akashic records and just like, why am I experiencing this? Oh, it's because of that past life. I just had what's going on in this. Why am I, what's happening in this situation? You know, why is this, was there a lesson I'm supposed to be learning going the Akashic records? Oh yeah. It's about forgiveness or it's about resolving this karmic thing. So it's just so powerful and healing. I just cannot even, it's been life-changing for me. It seems like such a cool cheat code and I could hear you talk about it forever as well. So I definitely, you know, I'd like for you to kind of elaborate a little bit more on it, but something that it really feels like to me is again, this like you have access at a certain vibrational point. So it's interesting that you put that that way, because that's a question I had for you. Do you need to be at a certain vibrational level, let's say, even though it's not hierarchical or frequency or on a certain station, we'll put it there like a record, uh, like a radio and to tune into this thing, because then it's kind of cool because then it seems like just something that's there. It's a part of life, but it's a part of all life so other entities other people on other planets it's kind of a cool almost like a chat room that you can kind of yeah. meet up in you know even though we're separated by the world like we've got you know zoom and stuff and we can kind of meet up and even like minecraft or something this game that yeah. these kids play and they can like build things and create stuff there it seems like at a vibrational level which is interesting too because it's almost like it's like it's got a bouncer outside the door that says hey you know mm -hmm. uh, the 3d lizard turds you know you're pretty in your root chakra let's <laughs> Maybe uh, go back and work on you a little bit and then come back, you know, yep. maybe go change those shoes spiritually. Right. Yeah. So uh, and so have you ever scheduled like a meeting with people whenever you go there? Like, do you go in with intention to like learn a certain thing or do you just go, you know what? I'm just going to go kick around the old Akashic for a little bit. Like you're walking around in a mall with no clear reason for being mm. there. You know what I mean? You mean like if somebody because I could just go into my own records and I can explain a little about what it is because everybody has like how it connects to a specific person. So like you have your own Akashic records based on your soul and all your past lives. I have my own Akashic records based on my soul and my past lives. There are, you know, the Akashic records basically is what's the definite formal definition something like um, the record of every, every human situation, event and experience that has ever existed throughout time, you know, all in this one place. So, um, and but so, you know, I, I, so I actually haven't, I think I tried it in the beginning, like, okay, can I just go into like the Akashic records for yeah. everything? Yeah. Um, I think. Like instead of your profile, can you access the whole feed? You yeah, know I, mean? I can access it through my Akashic records. But if I said like, if right now, like I'm going to go into Brandon's Akashic records, I wouldn't be able to get in unless you gave me permission. So right. I would, it would probably just be dark or just, it would be messed up. It wouldn't work because you have free will and you give me permission. I mean, I, it would be ethically wrong for me to do that, but you can go read the records of like a build, anything that is like yours. So um, your dog, if you, well, with the pet, they still do have free will. So I've tried it with my dog, my old dog. And I, with the way I sat next to her and, and she got up and walked away and I was like, all right, she doesn't, 
she do like a give me five, like give me five yeah. if you want to do it. And they're like, hell yeah. Right. Like, All right, cool. Yeah. And your records. Well, they yeah. would, they would just stay there. My other dog, our new dog, I haven't actually tried it for her, but she has, I've tried doing Reiki on her and she will sit there and let me do it. So That's anyway, cool. but um, you could go into the Akashic records of a building. Like if it's a building that you own a part of or own mo- all of, even if you just like rent an apartment of it, in it, you could go in there. Um, you could go on the Akashic records for business, which I've done for my own business. Cause it's like an entity. So, but yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know if that answers your question, but it, you know, I, I think, but, but it said something before that I do want to mention about, can anybody just go in like vibrationally, do you have to be ready? So the answer is, you know, you could try like if somebody, so this is, this has happened before. So the, the, the short answer is, to access a, and a, your Akashic records, you do have to be vibrationally ready and aligned. Otherwise, you're, you're just not, it's not that you're going to, you know, well, actually, it's not true. I've had a few clients say, I tried to go in and somebody told me no. The bouncer. <laughs> like I'm not. telling you, it's the bouncer. Yeah. Yes, there is. a Yeah. It, because here's the thing. It's the truth. Yeah. It shows the truth. It's kind of like, you know, when you when you start to awaken, you want to know what the truth of reality is and all what's going on. And, and, and somebody asks you, and you're like, do you really want to know? Because once I tell you, your reality might change forever. You know, your world room will change forever. And so I've actually had this happen. I, I once did a um, I did a retreat. I was te- the, the Akashic Records was part of the retreat and the people at the retreat, the owners of the farm that we were at they're like oh i'm gonna come in and listen to your akashic records thing that sounds really cool and i was like okay you know and i knew i was like i don't think they're quite ready you know like they you know and, and that's i don't mean to say that in like a arrogant sort of way but if you're not used to you know if you're not meditating or going into altered states of consciousness or you're not your third eye isn't open it's just too much it's yeah. like you know, it's like um, trying to run a marathon when you haven't even trained. You just it's it's going to it's too much. So they came in and um, the wife like the phone rang. And I, as I was talking about it, the wife just goes, oh, I got to answer the phone. So she left. She's gone. And then the husband is sitting there and he's listening a little more. And then something happens. He just gets up and leaves. And I was like, yep, I, I figured that would happen. They just weren't like they got a little close to it, but they weren't quite ready because we actually went in the Akashic Records. I guided everybody in through this prayer. So that is absolutely true. It's so cool. Yes. You, we've got to do this sometime because I'm just so curious about this. I've had uh, Amy Belair went into mine and my wife's actually. Uh, we yeah. uh, did both. And, and it turns out my wife and I have been together for quite a long time. It's pretty cool. It, yeah, it's I would just, be more than happy to. I love love doing readings. It's like so fun for me to do so it. much fun. And then Christopher, the astro medium uh, who was on that panel with us, he came out uh, and hung out at our place for a weekend, a couple of days. And he was doing, you know, some things about the land and he, you know, was tapping into some energies that were on this land, you know, thousands of years ago, because we're right here in North Texas. So we're at the Northern yeah. part of the hill country. And it's just, there's a lot of native American, uh, the Brazos river, which is a super yep. famous river in Texas. It's just uh, 10 minutes down the road from me. So, cool. you know, you find arrow points everywhere. And so he could tap into that. And I just wow. think this is so fascinating. Like I don't, feel mm-hmm. it and that's okay like i'm not i'm not pushing it when it's time it'll be time but uh i i just still think it's absolutely fascinating and love what you well do. and let me just say here i'm gonna do my intuitive work on you for a minute because please you are i mean you're so close you talk to people doing do, sharing different modalities so chances are that you're much closer than you think because think you wouldn't so. even be talking about it and you have this such awareness anyway um so, yeah, I mean, I think you'll be you'll be surprised that, you know, in a few years from now, you're going to be reading your own Akashic records or maybe even less than that. 
We'll take it. I'm I'm super yeah. pumped, and and uh, thank you for the faith. And uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not again. I'm not opposed to it. It's just I haven't yet experienced it. But you I'm have, super yeah, pumped. you will. And so here's the thing. I'm going to tell you. Say instead of saying I'm not, I'm I'm being so annoying. Just say like I'm opening to it. Opening like to I'm opening it. to it because that, as you know, like that phrase yep. will open you to it. You're right. Because and every word we say, you know, anyway, my God, I'm being I, a big giant pain. No, 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 no. You're holding me accountable, which I love. And I, <laughs> and I appreciate that. See, I'm, I receive this in, uh, with an open heart because I'd say this all the time, like, uh, trying and spending is a cuss word in this household. So same, <laughs> same thing. I, I get the NLP yeah. and, um, uh, neurolinguistic yeah. programming. I I'm do it too. Right on I board. do it too. I love it. Just instead of saying like, you're sick, you're healing. Right. Or right. Something exactly. Like that. Right. Exactly. I get it. Yes. But applying it to this, you're right. I'm open to receive yep. the magic i'm, I'm yep. open to it there I'll you love go it. there you so, go maybe so let's uh let's talk about uh ascension so what's going on with the awakening right now i kind of have a theory that it's uh there's a bunch of npcs or non-player characters running around here and that they're all just kind of switching on right now and being inhabited by souls which is why we see this wake mm. up just a mm -hmm. little theory of mine and it's a deep rabbit mm. hole we start talking npcs and it's also kind of a sensitive one for some people i haven't heard that term what is it what does npc stand oh for? oh my god we're doing this then uh npc stands for non-playable character which is basically like a video game reference. So if you picture something like, uh, I don't know, a super famous one. I'm not a video game person. I'm not against it. I just don't dedicate the time on it. Yeah. I invest my time in other things. Uh, if you take like Grand Theft Auto, for instance, and there's a bunch of characters running around, you play one of them, but all yeah. those other characters aren't like real players playing a game, right? Yeah. They're just in the background to kind of populate an area. I heard a talk with yeah. a guy that said basically that there's only about 100 million souls on this planet and everyone else is just backdrop characters. It'll blow your mind. Yeah. Interesting. I, I've, heard, I've heard theories like that. I'll, yeah, I mean, I, I think anything's possible. Absolutely. I mean, I, I the way I perceive it is a little bit different than that. But I think, um, you know, who am I? I mean, I certainly don't have all the answers. You're Rachel but, Horton White and you're amazing. Yeah, right. I mean, the you're way definitely I perceive a soul. it. What'd you say? You're one of the 100 million. You're definitely a soul. I can tell, <laughs> yeah, by the way. Yeah. I, I've like There's a, a, soul a in great... There. NPC dar uh, that yeah. I've kind of calibrated. I'm like, you're not a real fucking person, are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, there's, I mean, there are definitely people I'm like, is there, what's going on in there? Is there anything in yep. there? Or is it just, are you just, it's kind of like walking dead. Sorry. Yeah, it's like they're tapped made, into but... the same frequency. And this is why we say like the 80% yeah. of the herd. And we're not talking shit about people here. This this conversation, just like getting into the Akashic, takes a level of vibration or awareness yep. just to be able to have. Because then you're like, oh, yep. people aren't real. <laughs> then the question right. you ask, of course, is have you seen your neighbors bring their groceries in? <laughs> that's so funny oh my gosh this is gonna this is mind-blowing that's a whole nother level of a whole conversation nother thing. anytime you want to have that chat we'll do it yeah. and actually i'll get yeah. you on an expansive insider we're gonna do yeah. an npc chat here pretty soon so i'll when we do that i'll make sure that you're invited <laughs> yeah i mean i've heard about walk-ins and things like that um same idea i'm not yeah i mean i i it's, it's that's it's like the way i perceive of the ascension at least is um a little bit different because i mean i think it's all possible um, but the way I perceive it is, is in terms of like soul contract and, um, uh, moving through like kind of levels, I guess levels sounds kind of weird, but of, you know, you're moving from kindergarten up to high school and, you know, from speaking from personal experience, I, I, you know, I always had some intuitive stuff going on, but I was asleep. I was not awake to what's going on. I didn't know. I knew there was something wrong, but I didn't quite get it. And it was really, and actually I got a psychic reading years ago and she said, your daughter, when your daughter's born, oh my gosh, I just, every time I say it, it just 
makes me kind of, I just felt this emotion when your daughter is born, she's going to help wake you up. And she was born in 2015. So I have a son who's 10 and my daughter's seven, um, Alice, her name is, but anyway. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that was when my soul pre-incarnation, um, decided that I was going to wake up, you know, that the energies were going to be around me to, for me to wake up, to step into my soul purpose, to begin to, you know, really, you know, do the light work to help other people awaken. So I think, you know, and there's a 2012 Mayan calendar that we are in this new age of Aquarius, these new 26,000 year, I think something like that cycle. Um, so we're babies in that cycle, but yes, we're like, there's so many humans, all these different lights going off around the planet of people awakening. And I think there's this guy that I follow. I don't know if you know who he is, Tim Wild. Do you know who he is? You mm-hmm. might want to interview him someday. He's I British. Yeah, I think he Stuart might know him actually, because I think they follow each other. W-H-I-L-D. He's just brilliant. Um, he does, you know, Magenta Pixie. Mm-hmm. She is. Yeah, he, I think he's done some stuff with her. Anyway, I really like him. Um, I don't know him, but I like what he says. So anyway, he was he was saying the other day something about just this that, you know, every day, like there's more and more people that are awakening, you know, every there, And we all have these energies around us to help us awaken, but we're not already. It's like, it's like, we're not just like we were talking about earlier. Um, if, if it's too much, if it's going to overwhelm us too much for us to see, because once you awaken and that's part of the ascension process is moving into your light body, moving out of the density of, you know, your physical body is, um, seeing the truth through the illusions and the truth about the, you know, evil nefarious things that have been done to keep our planet in an earth prison for thousands of years, as you know, oh, you know, <laughs> that prison planet so, idea trips me out. It's the scariest one. And I can really go down the rabbit hole conceptually and it scares the shit out of me. It's, it's really yeah. the most terrifying thing I can think of. Yeah. The, the way our consciousness has been manipulated through fear and fed upon and all that. It's that, yeah. but that there's no escape after that's, that's the part that really trips me out that there's basically like a grid over our planet that's been installed there by some extraterrestrials. I'm sure you've heard of this. And then it, yes. basically that whenever we ascend, the trap is going to the light. That's like an archon trap, go to the light because it's what they say is it's uh-huh. the moon and it recycles your soul back here for energy harvesting and loosh. So basically you never ascend and any reincarnation is kind of more accurate but also it's not as a means to graduate they just kind of play you that every time and perhaps this is what the river of oblivion is what samuel chong called it whenever you go through the portal that is your mom then uh this is where you forget everything and then you have to relearn everything and get closer but that's the prison planet idea is terrifying to me like i hate that is i hate you know and i think that's interesting you know i think i've heard things like that And that they have, you know, the Anunnaki and then, you know, the different sort of beings connected to them from thousands, thousands of years ago. Um, But I think because we're in this new age, you know, the age of Aquarius that we and Earth is moving into 5D consciousness that we're escaping that. You know, you know, I think some of us might stop incarnating eventually, you know, we just stop coming back to Earth because we've put in our time here. Earth is pretty friggin' hard, like boot camp, you know, to be here. Um, and we're here to, we're you and I, like we're here volunteering, like the, you probably know Dolores Cannon, you have the waves of volunteers, like mm-hmm. here to help the people awaken and all these children being born, you know, mine are like that. My kids are awake. You know, they're, it's just amazing. Like that they know I've of course taught them a little bit, but they know what's going on and they're so young. And like, just thinking about that, it's like, 
I had no idea, but I didn't even know what meditation was. I thought it was some weird like cult thing that I people did in some other part of the world when I was a kid. I never even did med- any meditation until I was in my 20s. So the fact these kids, like so many of these kids are being, are have these amazing, um, just awake light being souls, star seeds that they're in these children's bodies. And of course that's what works. Well, I won't get into this, but that's, you know, the people who are trying to control things are trying to stop that with all this craziness over the past few years, um, to try to dampen it, but it's not going to, you know, I don't think it's really going to be successful anyway. So yeah, I think <laughs> there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hope. That's what I'm getting at, I guess. Um, a boundless optimist. I share this optimism with you. Uh, I really yeah. do see it is that, um, all of the lizard turds or the things or whatever, the Klaus Channel Schwab's, all that stuff, it's here as a means to our ascension. So basically, and it's super overt, yes. it's super overt. And that's why it's overt for us. Cause we don't need to learn those lessons. We just see them and go, okay, love and compassion yeah. for the people that got slipped acid that don't understand that they're tripping and have never tripped before. And this is kind of, you know, love and compassion, like we kind of talked about. And it feels it though, uh, you know, it seems like the lizard turds, you know, they've got like the key to salvation and they'll sit there and they'll go, okay, I have the key, which hand is it? And they'll kind of go, you know, and point to the hand and they're like, oh, you figured it out. And all it took was for us to just like destroy everything. You could have learned this years ago, but we had to keep taking your rights and making things ridiculous and making them so overt that it's kind of like they're playing to the lowest denominator and they didn't realize that that denominator was pretty damn low. Yeah. You know, as a means to wake everyone up. What did you say? Oh, just as a means of waking everybody up. So I think they're on our team. Exactly. And you know, there's something, I think maybe we talked about this in our group conversation, but I love this idea. And I really feel like this is true. It's like so many of these people, you know, the controllers, the ones who think they control, that's what I just call them. I don't want to give them, I don't want to even give them that like title is that they actually can control us. They're trying to, but the ones who think they control things, um, that they were doing that in Atlantis, that was the role they were playing in the times of Atlantis. And so they, as the, you know, the ones who helped or who um, contributed to the fall into ego and then the just you know the destruction of Atlanta. So they're still playing that role today, in some ways. You know, there's probably some other stuff going on in there, like you know, <laughs> not so good things. But All that's right. one way of perceiving it. Um, that that that's part of how humans awaken. And and from like a past lives perspective, it's like how do we learn about freedom? We experience the opposite oppression, right. which is right. what a lot of us have been through in the past few years. How do we learn? Um, unconditional love, or how do we learn forgiveness? We experience something so bad that it needs to be forgiven. Just like we were talking about last time too. Like we, there's a lot of, and I don't know about you, but I've been pretty angry the past few years, you know, angry. And, and I'm thinking why, well, and now I've reached that point, point of like, I need to, you know, transmute that and move into forgiveness um, because anger just hurts me. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't do anything good for me, but right. um, it's a great, but it's like, you know, I see you, that, that's I one mean, of the hardest ones to get to. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm not yeah. 100% there, let me tell you. But. but your awareness of it, you know, it makes it, it makes you a lot closer, like like me to the Akashic Records. I'm going to go ahead and say you're you're there. You're tiptoes over the line because you're so aware of it. So, yeah, yeah. Just that mindfulness <laughs> oh, of it. It's pretty cool. Congrats. Thank you for saying that. I mean, I definitely have some work to do because, you know, how can you not? Like, oh, how, can I, how can you not? We all do. But, um, and I, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, the moving towards forgiveness and that's, you know, what I've, I, I still need to work on this. And I think a lot of us do is like for somebody who is so far from the light, who is, who has barely any light in their, 
soul, you know, they're really working with a lot of darkness. How do we, you know, this is the only way, one of the only ways that they can become better is, is to know that they can move towards the light because, you know, some of them are victims themselves. You know, they've been manipulated and a lot of them are, most of them are pretty much all, I guess. Um, and it's like, well, even though you've done these horrible things, like pretty awful, worse than horrible, um, you can still be forgiven. And like giving that energy to some of them will help them move into the light. So then we all eventually become one with source, you know, like eventually, yeah. you know, years and years, thousands, thousands of years from now. Um, but that for some of them, it might take a long time and there's, you know, who knows if ever, <laughs> and, you know, who knows if ever, uh, because they're just part of the experience. So they're here just facilitating yeah. the duality. And I think maybe at a level, yeah. you don't need duality anymore. Maybe when you transmute it, just had a guy named Samuel Chong on, uh, the Thaluba prophecy and, uh, in there, uh, it speaks of some entities that are, um, hermaphroditic, uh, because they have transcended duality, even in that way, they no longer sexually reproduce because they have masters of all yeah. the elements, the proteins, everything, they just make shit. Yep. And so they don't need that anymore. And so it seems like, you know, you and I are here. Now we could read this a couple different ways. Uh, you and I are here because we haven't figured that out completely yet. Or my favorite take on this so far is that, you know, if you talk about past lives and stuff, how I don't have direct access yet, how I'm open to, but haven't seen yet, uh, all of the Akashic and past lives and things like that, I kind of feel like our soul tribe, specifically like you, me, my soul, our soul tribe, are kind of like these uh, illusion assassins. So we kind of come in and lifetimes at a specific point and we just ramp it up and are just murdering the illusion like crazy just to help facilitate yes. wake-ups. Almost like a... I used to do grand openings for Guitar Center when I worked for them, and I would fly all over the country and basically train, you know, the new stores, how the culture was, how to do things, how to whatever. And so you want a consistent kind of a thing. And if you want super good results, you sent my team because we we're the we're the best, right? And so this is how I view our soul tribe is it's basically like we're illusion assassins. We're matrix assassins, like the wonderful show. Mm -hmm. We come in and we wreck shit and uh, help with the massive ascension wake-ups. So yeah. that's kind of how I choose to, to view yep. it. I feel that big time and that, and you know, that makes some people very uncomfortable Sure, because it's like, no, I want to take the blue pill. Don't give me the red pill. Like, or I mean, you know, I I've had people literally say that to me. I just want to wake up and have a cup of coffee and read the paper. I don't want to know what's going on. Like literally, like, I don't want to know. I'm just like, what? Yeah. Like, like cipher I in want, the matrix. yeah, I want the blinders to stay on. I want the blindfold to stay on in that because it's scary. It takes courage to see. Yep. 100%. It's still it's still kind of shocking to me. Um but I think what's happening now is that it's getting we're getting squeezed more and more. It's like how much does it take for people to wake up? Apparently a lot. This because right? it's been in your face the whole time, and we've had yeah. many, many chances, you know. And back to the the thing, you know, uh, I was like, take off your mask. If you don't take off your mask, it's going to lead to vaccines. It's like this stairs. You can see it, and then people yeah. had the opportunity, didn't do it, and guess oh, what yeah. happened? Now that, yeah. And then guess what happened? Now the next. Thing. I said it from the very beginning. I remember. Yeah. Um, I remember. Oh God, I have. I've had like some of my old friends. They just I don't even talk. They don't talk to me anymore. But I remember saying on Facebook something like. People are like, oh, just, you know, it's just a few weeks. What's the big right. deal? I'm like, this is not going to be a right. few weeks. This is going to be a lot more than a few weeks. And I said to my husband, this is all about vaccines. Yep. And and I remember I said to someone, I said, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> and, you know, it's like one of the worst sorts of I told you so ever. 
but that's part of the process. Like how much does it take people to wake up? Apparently it takes near death or death or watching sick, you know, anyway. And it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to watch for a lot of us to watch, but that's, it's, it's tricky. That's the, the hardest part. The best, the best understanding that I reached with this was, is you're not responsible for anyone else's karma. You're just yeah, not, absolutely. you know, I had a guy yeah. named Preston Dennett on a panel, uh, super amazing author, uh, contacted you to 11, uh, same thing. I've got to connect you with him. He's wonderful. And he was talking about a specific, uh, UFO case where a woman got in, um, a car accident and actually aliens came down. She didn't have like a near death experience. Aliens came down and physically fixed her body. They said, some of the wounds that you have, we can't fix because some of them are karmic. Isn't that interesting? That's very interesting. To yeah. think that some of the wounds that you were, even in that car wreck, like you didn't need all of them, but you just needed that one. And then they came in and facilitated sort of like an operation. It was months mm -hmm. of, I mean, she died, like had a near death experience, but it was interpreted by her as aliens, extraterrestrials, yeah. whatever. So I just thought that that was interesting that there are even some things on you that they can't fix because you're That's meant to deal with it. So you can think of people missing appendages or, uh, you know, Blonde and depth, like whatever that is. And it's not necessarily karmic in nature because I don't think that those are punishments. They just may be facilitating an experience here that you chose yeah, to well, have. Yeah. And I can say what, about something about that because um, I think I talk to people a lot about this. And I think about it a lot with in terms of like, why does somebody get born into a situation of suffering, you know, like with missing an appendage or having some horrible illness or being born into some war-torn country? Yes. And this is a radical idea, and some people have a hard time understanding it, but I, um, at a certain level, I deeply believe that we choose that. Our higher selves choose that. And this is partly, you know, working with the masters and the Akashic Records and the in-between life place. It's like, all right, it's all about balance and understanding. And it's about like, you know, balancing the scales, karma. So if you were like, a, you know, saying before, if you were in a life where, um, you know, you want, you decided just for whatever reason, I want to learn what it's like to be, to live, you know, in poverty or in like, yeah, abject poverty. I wanted, I'm, I, cause I was so rich in my last life. I, I was a multimillionaire. So now I want the opposite to understand what that's like. So we do. And so same thing goes for a lot of those difficult circumstances. And I think, you know, not to say that everything in life, I mean, this is my belief, people can take what, you know, what they, what resonates and discard the rest, but um, you know, like we also have free will. So, you know, we make some of those big things I think are predetermined for us to learn from. And then we can kind of evolve beyond that. Or if we work on the lesson, cause that's where the free will comes in. We can say, well, I don't want to, I'm not going to, learn this lesson. <laughs> I just, I'm going to be mad about my situation. I'm going to be angry, you know, and then, okay, maybe it's who knows. I mean, I don't want to definitely say anybody's fault or they're, you know, do anything wrong, but it's all about balance and understanding. And then, you know, some of these destiny, you know, sort of predetermined things, but coming right along with that is free will and soul lessons and soul choice. And it's like, well, if we didn't do such a good job in our current life, that's okay. We get another chance to try it again next time, yeah. you know? So it's another really round. interesting, but it can be hard to talk about because that's a tricky subject. You mean yeah. you're saying I did this, I asked for this, you know? <laughs> right. And even, but that kind of acceptance I found has been uh, the game changer for me. You know, it's been the surrender. It's been like, oh, okay, well yeah. then there you go. Same thing with, I'm not responsible for waking people up. I went through this with conspiracy theorists. I'm not a conspiracy theorist any longer. I'm a conspiracy analyst, like Charlie I Robinson says in Macroaggressions. I'll take a look that. at them, but I'm not going to get twisted and can 
and contribute fear to the system that just wants yes. energy, right? So yes, hundred percent. It was that realization and waking up to that 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 let stair steps into all the other things. Like you serve where you can, and that that has a frequency, right? I'm always open to serve. I ask myself four questions every day. One of them is, how can I be a service for someone today? And so I facilitate that every single day. It's a mindfulness practice that I have that I, that starts in the morning. And so, but there are some folks you just can't help, and you could, but you can feel the difference, you know. And finally, like you're at, you're at this level to where you're like, I'm not responsible for waking other people up. I'm a lighthouse. This show goes out. People can find it anywhere that they want. You know, we do a lot of search engine optimizations, not for numbers, so that it can be found, right? I went in with all the podcast listening apps I could find and got on every single damn one of them just, again, to maximize the availability of people to be able to hear this information. But I'm not sponsoring. I'm not paying for ads. I'm not pushing things down people's throats. I'm not doing the salacious, like, you're going to fucking die and your face is going to melt off. Find out on the next episode. And then, you know what I mean? So Fear. There's, Fear, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's none of that in this. And, and it's that... You know, place you get to, which is awesome. Something yeah. I wanted to note in a classy, in the classiest way that I can, is is it's interesting that you provided a portal for your daughter named Alice, but your daughter Alice is the one that took you down the rabbit hole. You know what I mean? Right, and that's funny. We chose that name for her, Alice in Wonderland, like going down the rabbit. It's funny. I wasn't even awake when I chose her name. I wasn't awake yet, but I was like, this name means something, and that little girl in Alice in Wonderland is pretty friggin' cool. So I think I'm going to name my daughter that. Well, my husband, you know, he agreed. We've talked about it, of course. But yeah, I think she did it without consciously knowing, you know, it's because when, you know, we have that amnesia and we come in to our human bodies. But um, yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure she did. I was thinking that or you're a huge Resident Evil fan. You know what I mean? Because her name is Alice, Project Alice. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie. No? Oh, they're fun. It's just a cool, like, My zombie. husband keeps telling me I should watch it. I probably will. I don't, I, just a name. I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's kind of, it's more on the horror thriller side, you know, but yeah. it's it's awesome. It's a deep underground base with genetic experiments and monsters and guns and, like, it's yeah. a fun. It's, yeah. It, it's a All lot right. of fun. If you just want to put. Chris. Put it That's in the your... one thing I'll tell. I'll be like, the one thing I got out of this podcast is I'm going to watch Resident Evil. <laughs> I'm like the rest of it was garbage, but man, <laughs> that Resident Evil, we're on it. I love yeah. this. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about healing through the Akashic. I'm very interested in this because, again, I, I don't, I'm open to it, but haven't experienced it yet. So, how do you go in and heal in the Akashic? What's that look like? Well, just by being there, like being in that dimension, it's just healing because it is divine light. It's the light of source, the light of God, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, when I personally go into my records, if I've been, if it's been a hard week or a hard day, I sometimes literally will feel like I'm being, I'm laying down on a table and these beings are coming around me doing hands-on healing. For me, it's often, and I don't, and I, and it's interesting because with the Akashic records, it's like what happens is this sort of awareness comes in. It's not like, oh, I know that I'm being healed by Palladians right now, but you just feel that there's some energies and there's, in my sense, oh, there's some tall, light beings around me and they're doing like something. And then the word like psychic surgery will come up and they're pulling out different implants and pulling out different debris and things that don't belong in my body. And so I'll just lie there and just allow that to happen. And then sometimes Jesus is there, you know, or I connect a lot with Jesus. So, you know, or, you know, maybe mother Mary or who knows, I don't always know who they are. You know, sometimes it's Arcturians. I like them. They're very high vibration, you know, multidimensional beings. Um, so that that's like the literal healing, you know, that's like literal healing, but 
the other sorts of healing are, you know, with, with ancestors. So people, you know, healing the ancestral line and somebody who maybe has wronged me. I mean, when I do readings for people, it's like some of some, some people have been through some pretty horrific experiences, you know, and like the grandfather who was abusive to them came, comes in is kind of in the back, but he's like, you know, not trying to come in and, and um, be like in your face, but he's like asking for forgiveness at some point. Um, So there's that, then there's healing like from past lives and, you know, connecting with, you know, picking up on a past life can be very healing in itself. Cause you're just, you're like, well, why am I experiencing this problem in my life? Like over and over this pattern and whatever it is like dead end job or relationship issue over and over and over. And it's like, am I just screwed up and a complete mess? <laughs> you know, that's what we can think. No, it's because you're carrying this trauma from a past life of, you know, who knows what it was like, maybe you're, I don't know, you were betrayed or, or something even worse. Like maybe somebody murdered you, you know, it could be like anything. And so that it, it, that's healing as well. So it's the other thing though, um, is with, I can't even, it's so fascinating. You'll have to, we'll do a reading some point because you'll see. So what can happen is just somebody asks a question and, you know, people will come into the records, a client, and they'll ask a question like, you know, I'm going through this situation. Maybe it's like my mother and I have, you know, a lot of issues and we can't get along. And, and it, why is this happening? And so what might come up, you know, I'll, I'll hear that. I hear the question. I close my eyes. And it's kind of like just connecting in with the, um, the word, the, the energy moves upon the spoken words. There's energy being generated. It's kind of like the words that person says kind of like goes to the right chapter and pulls out information. And so it might come up it might be like, well, your mother is scared of losing connection with you or something like that, which then that person hears that and they're like, oh my God, I've never thought of that. Yeah. Like, I had no idea that that's what was going on. She's always mean and yelling at me and telling me I'm bad. And, and so what happens is in that like one sentence can be like life-changing for that person. Yeah, I've seen it happen. It's amazing. They'll, the person be like, I've never would have thought of that. And all of a sudden there's a release and they're like, I can have compassion for this person. And then they're, you know, all these cords of detach of dysfunction and codependency are cut. And it just, that is healing in itself. That is it's crazy. So interesting. And it's, it's wild how deep it goes and that, you know, you, you really need to seek the information to, to have this, right? Cause I don't think this comes innate for people. Like people don't know number one, what we're talking about. Like you said earlier, I mean, there's a certain, you know, level of intelligence, I guess, or emotional, emotional intelligence, really, to be able to have these kind of conversations and, and to find it beneficial and not turn it away instantly or get upset that it challenges your beliefs or anything. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that's so, happened. I, I've seen that happen a few times with people, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that there are things here that are so important and game changing, kind of like, you know, having a psychedelic experience, having a near death yes. experience that that isn't really necessarily, I feel available to everyone. Again, why I kind of think that there's a bunch of people that aren't real people running around here because it's only for the select people that choose that. Right. And there's 80 percent of them running around that are tuned into the frequency that's here to tell you that you shouldn't be doing any of that and gaslighting you and making you feel mm-hmm. ostracized if you don't and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think only the real souls here kind of undertake that 
you know, those kind of journeys. That's mm -hmm. why we're, you know, drawn to them. I think it's just, again, a guess. I have no way of, you know, proving that or anything. Who knows? Yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk about the expanding of light bodies because I'm very interesting, again, like mm -hmm. light bodies. You hear about etheric bodies. I hear this in the contact phenomena quite a bit that they take really your astral body. And there's several examples of these levels of our yes. existence are way more than this just flesh and blood, this meat suit. What do you think? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I actually think the Akashic records are a layer of our light bodies. I always get them confused. Like there's ast you know, there's the astral body, etheric body, there's um, the causal body. And some of them are like the same, but the more we expand out, the more we are in these sort of um, we're at, we're more in that sort of 5d conscious, even more than, you know, seventies, 80, I suppose, but we're, more connected in, I've never actually thought of this before or said it before out loud, but now it's coming in like that. We're, we're in that light, which is more connected to source. And so we become more like source, you know, and be, become then eventually we might even not have physical bodies, you know, but be like what happened. So who knows what happened to Jesus, but there's different theories that Jesus was actually like walking around in an astral body, you know, that he ascended or that he was in. So you could kind of, look kind of translucent yeah like when he know? appeared to mary yeah like three days yes. after okay yeah i mean who knows if he really did die i mean that's there's a whole nother thing like yeah. his death was faked and he and mary magdalene had children and that's a whole nother thing and that's what the like big the, secret is yeah like tupac that's other, yeah what'd you say like tupac yeah pretty yeah. much yeah like tupac like who knows jfk jr i mean who knows a bunch of we could talk about elvis yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> but um but yeah, I mean, I think there's, that's kind of what the ascension process is, is ascending into like the outer layers of our light bodies. And, um, and in those outer layers are more, is more information, you know, like light is a frequency and within light, there's information about who we are. And I think I, I'm, that's what we're doing when we go in the Akashic Records. So the way that I, um, I always talk about the, I mean, that's what I know and I love, but, you know, I always talk about it, but the, when I act, the way I access them is I actually visualize light, like a, I'm in a pillar of light flowing down through my body, out through my feet and just, you know, flowing up and down. And I can feel this energy kind of like going out. It's like an expansiveness. So that literally is what's ha actually happening. I, it's funny. I've never verbalized this out loud is that I'm going and actually probably accessing me and anybody else is accessing this layer, outer layer where my Akashic records are held. It's so interesting. This is the same thing that per that field that holds like your, your Merkaba or something, your, yes, you know, the yes. sixth sense, the, where you're able to pick up on things around you and you just can't explain why it's like this field yes. around you yes. when you can expand and physically fill that that's fascinating. You know, yeah. another thing uh, that just came to mind as you were talking about this was it's, it's kind of like the Akashic is like if we're actors and this is a huge Westworld type of a thing or whatever, you know, if you need help or you forget a line, let's say just sticking with the metaphor, you can be like line and and then the Akashic Records is the director going, hey, you're supposed to do this That's now right. and That's read it back exactly. to you. And you're like, oh, OK, I got it. Yeah, I just forgot. For yes. a minute. it's like clues, you know, like, oh, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what's going on here. And you go in, you're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's the little hint or a little clue about what's going on. Yeah. They're not going to tell you what to do. That's because that's you know, we have free will choice. And that's part of our job is to make our free will choices to learn. But they're going to give us hints. Yeah. The they're like, records. why don't you yeah. go look over there? I bet there's something yeah. over there and they can't tell you exactly where. And you're just like, what? Yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah. just such an interesting experience. I think this place is so much fun. I'm well, and there's, there's so much, I mean, on a different, um, 
I'm not sure exactly what happens here, but there's this, you know, there's, it's been said that different ascended masters like Tho, like um, even um, Mother, I don't know if Mother Mary, but her mother, and there's this book called Anagram Mother of Jesus, which is about Mary's mother. And um, there's different, you know, accounts of different people, like really, you know, enlightened sort of monks meditating for like years and living to be like 300 or 400 years old. You know, and um, that I think they're probably moving through their layers of light, but I'm not really sure exactly how that works. But that is probably what we're going to be able to do as humans, you know, who maybe it'll be hundreds of years from now, probably not in our lifetimes, but um, to kind of extend our longevity, because we could live for hundreds of years if we believed we could, and if we had some training about how to do it, probably have to go under the pyramids. Yeah. You know, being I've, a special chamber. I've heard this fun theory that oxygen is slowly killing us and that that's the reason that we used to breathe hydrogen and actually that the planet was much different, um, you know, uh, terraformed differently. And then part of our this prison planet thing is they dropped a big dome over and they replaced it and made us breathe oxygen, which actually lowers our you know, survivability by, you know, thousands of years. It's crazy. Interesting. I so that we I've not heard that, but I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, and think about it. It'd be a good, it's a smart move. It's kind of like uh, how they don't teach cursive in school anymore. So kids can't read the Declaration of Independence or historical documents or anything like that. It's the same idea. It's like, okay, well, let's make sure that their lifespans don't go to 10,000 years like ours. Let's make sure that they're like 80 to 100 max. And those last 20 years are just useless. Recycle. Yeah, Yeah. and then you wouldn't be able to build up enough knowledge really to kind of figure a way out, right? Or to, But again, at a level, it's like governed like that because it's necessary because it's facilitating the experience, right? Well, that's, but that's what, it makes it so hard for us to understand the truth. You know, like we have to piece it all together. So there's all these, you know, these, these um, drawings of giants, you know, there's statues of giants that once walked the earth and there's these bird, you know, like raw, like there's like bird gods and that, why are those drawn in caves? Like, why are all these different, why did they have elongated skulls? You know, why did the Egyptian you know, some of the Egyptians have elongated skulls. Oh, they, I was told in art history class in college, they just wrapped their heads really tightly. And I remember yeah, being binding. like, yeah. that is complete bullshit. Like <clears throat> that doesn't make any sense. At all. Well, and it doesn't because um, on several of the skulls, actually, you can see, I forget the damn name of the line. I wanted to be smart and remember it, but there's a line that runs through your cranium, right? And they're the fuse, the plates that fuse together when you're yes. a baby. And those react differently depending on how you grow. And they can tell that. And so the elongated skulls, uh, like Akhenaten and stuff like that. Yes. I want to say that that one they can tell was not bound like they did they bound their babies to mimic the gods so if nothing else there was definitely a progenitor of that and that they were trying to mimic it have you ever heard of uh cargo cults have you ever heard of this no this is such a cool story i love this absolutely true by the way so after world war ii in the polynesian islands we had runways or during world war ii rather so we needed to use those as you know launch off points for bases right so we came in built all these runways and stuff there was an indigenous tribe living there never seen white man before so we fly in with these airplanes and we're building all this stuff and we bring all this food and everything and they actually in exchange the u.s government gave them a bunch of food like corned beef and just canned goods stuff like that you know things that they'd never experienced before food that they didn't need to hunt for right and so they traded them all this stuff in in return for use of their island well after the war 
they left. The U.S. left, and there was no need to be there anymore, so that food stopped coming. And the people were like, hey, we really like that. That was pretty cool. So what this tribe did was that they went out, they pulled materials from the jungle, wood, uh, leaves, all of that stuff, and built two-scale replicas of the bombers that flew in. And they <laughs> sat them on the beach and lit fires And because they were trying to call the planes back in. The wow. same descriptions as, like, sky gods or anything else. This is this, like you know, calling into this yearning to be this different thing. And this is how the binding of the head also relates to the gods that they mm. saw. So what they mimic, they found divine, right? Interesting. And yeah. And so the binding, I mean, yeah, there's possibly examples of it being mimicry, but they needed something amazing to want to deform their kid's head right. to try to look right. like, right? It must have been right. pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think there's that and then there's you do you know the book the ancient secret of the flower of life yeah uh drunvalo malchizedek i yes. have it uh it's around here somewhere yeah, yeah book. it's such mm -hmm. a great book and i you know eventually like you start to for me i start you know we we're guided to things you start to read things by the way you might you probably know about zechariah stitchin do you know who 12, he is I got like eight books sitting right see that yes. center column there's about eight books sitting right 12th planet uh all of yes them. yeah my husband's reading the 12th planet right now. And I find it a little boring. I was like, I just want to read the channel stuff, but he's, I mean, I, there's like the Nephilim, you know, and then they, they, and you know, there's so the, in the Bible, as you know, of course, in the beginning of the Bible, they say, you know, there were gods that once walked Plural. the earth and they call them the, El the Elohim. Mm -hmm. um, but then they do mention the Nephilim, which are, you know, connected to the Anunnaki, but it's like, it's hard to even for us to even nobody. I think, well, I think realistically, very few people, unless you're kind of channeling a lot of information, if you're not channeling it, it's hard to know what actually happened because they've intentionally destroyed so much evidence. So it makes it almost impossible for us to find out. I mean, and even that, though. So I've got this huge and I know at a level, I think that all of it could just be the same thing, like a gin or something like that, like one trickster entity and not necessarily a trickster in a bad way, just that it's able to shapeshift, it's able to create things in your mind, it can do screen memories. So therefore, it can be anything. It can be a Pleiadian, it can be a Grey, it can be a Bigfoot, it can be Poltergeist. It can, you know, camouflage itself and then move stuff around in your house and so now you're thinking ghosts. It, it could all be the yeah. same damn thing. What's yeah. also very interesting about the contact phenomenon, where, where I'm kind of getting to with this, is it's a hijacking of your cognitive ability to interpret the world around you. And yes. they can do that in any way that they want. They do it in a way that, like, if you're super religious, then they'll appear to you as an angel or a demon, whatever facilitates mm -hmm. the lesson that you need to learn. So I kind of picture it like... Okay, Rachel needs to know about this. Uh, she's at that point in her life. Okay, cool. She's about to have an alien contact. Okay, what does she think? Uh, Pleiadians. Okay, we're going to do grays this time. And it's like some gin or some whatever putting on like an alien suit and like, hey, can you help me with yeah. my zipper back there? And then, you know, they totally. dress up like this thing and then yes. engage in you within that way because that's what yes. you expected to see. Absolutely. The subjectivity yep. of all of this is what's so fascinating to me, how everyone has different experiences. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I've thought about that with angels because I, you know, I've I believe in angels and I feel their energy, but I also am like, well, they just aliens, you know, are they, or do they only exist because you believe in them? Like, um, yes. Tinkerbell. Right. I think it was, it was right there in our faces the entire time. As long as you're clapping for it, meaning giving it your energy and attention, you bring it to yeah. life. It's the old yeah. egregores, um, uh, you know, anything like tulpas, all that thought form stuff, you know, perhaps the only reason it exists and what we're really bake your noodle is perhaps the only reason the lizard turds and Klaus Schwab's exist because you feel that they need to, to facilitate an awakening. Yep. Maybe yep. if we and just stop looking at it. 
it goes, it so, goes to what I was talking about on that panel, meaning that I view everyone in their highest timeline now. I have shifted the energy beautiful. in which I view even those that don't make the decisions I would find to be valuable for myself, which yeah. are, is none of my business, but yep. especially the horrible shit. I'm just like, you're on your highest timeline. You're figuring it out. Right. And you know, that's also that duality too, because, you know, I definitely went down the rabbit hole with all the conspiracy theory stuff. And, and I, and I, like you, like I pulled back to a lot of it's true, but also not all of it. I think, not you know, all all, so many things are meant to confuse us, but, but for me, it's like, if what I'm reading or, or experiencing or feeling is creating fear, right. if it's creating it, I mean, sometimes things happen and, and, you know, it might create fear, but it, it it's real. I mean, or whatever real is, but if for, if for me, I'm like, if it creates fear in me or anger, it is not for my highest good period. Yeah. Like yeah. that's it. So it's like, I'm aware of it. It's like another highway. Like I'm aware of some of these things or I believe that are happening, but I'm not even going to get my energy into, into it anymore. I'm not going to focus on it because then I get sucked into that vibration of fear. And there's a lot of people in the awakening community, many of whom I love dearly, who are kind of in that fear sort of, it's almost like a 4D, like a little bit stuck, like not not to say that I'm in 5D, you know, I think I probably go in and out, definitely have 3D, you know, we all are going back and forth between 3D, 4D, 5D, but I think there's like, there's some real, it's very, this sort of, you know, even as I say this now, I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm saying them, you know, I'm saying them, like placing the blame on right. some other, you know, outside, um, outside like entity that, that maybe that's, I've just conjured that as a way to, you know, avoid taking personal responsibility. But this, even Right. What, what you're saying right here is so important. And I'm so grateful to get to this with you in real time. This, this is the, the real awareness. It's the, it's not, there's nothing out there. There's no anything over there. And especially the things we don't like, it's about taking like spiritual responsibility almost. You're like, okay, yeah. I needed these things to wake me up. And now I'm going to be a light in a different way to where it doesn't take somebody going through that for them to also receive the same information. That's what the experiences like what we experience facilitate for us. And then now yeah. we are here to help everybody walk everybody home. Yeah. It, it's a 100%. wild concept. So I'm think, so proud you know, of you. Funny. I'm so proud of you. Oh, that's thank a big you. one. Well, that's a tricky one. It's a very it's a tricky, tricky one. It's it's and I often forget it because it's pretty easy to be like, because we see that what they're doing, like right in front of us. But I think that's also 3D. So it's like that's a 3D perspective from the 5D perspective. We're all one. There is no us versus them. It's a unity consciousness. Some of that's just a projection of my own ego, you know? So it's like, but that can be like, oh my God, like what, you know, it's, it's, you have, we move in and out and that, you know, I remember when I first started waking up, I was like, this is, this is why some people are institutionalized. <laughs> you have to keep a hold on reality. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's so easy to lose it with this thing. And yeah. kind of, you know, one of the, one of the other things that kind of brings me a little bit more comfort with that especially now that I'm kind of like, okay, I take ownership over the lizard turd side of me uh, because even Jesus and the devil, like we're hanging out, you know what I mean? They're like bartering over who was that poor bastard Job that they put through mm -hmm. all that shit and they were just kind of <laughs> dicking with him. Right. It, yeah. It's, it's a whole interesting way that they both play out. Um, but really when you, when you kind of get to that point, then that's when you become so attractive with the information though, because now you're not, 
scaring people, but the scary people in the 4D need to be there to pull the 3D people out. They they yeah. need to speak on the same frequency, if that makes sense. Yeah. So they need to dip into that the front lines, really, and kind of pull people out, you know? And then we're kind of there to get get folks past the other little bit of it. But yeah, you, you bounce back and forth, you weave in and out, because there's still lessons along the way. And what's really interesting, I heard a, a guy named Pat Mahan that I've had on the show. He runs an amazing show called Like Attracts Like. I've, again, I uh, got it noted. I'll definitely uh, introduce you. Um, he was talking about one time the awareness of these situations and really looking at it from a perspective of like, okay, I'm here to heal me. And once you heal you and you get to these amazing levels, it's not that you're oblivious to anything, you know, let's say low vibe or negative, because now what you are an anchor, you're like a light for moths, right? So now all of the people with low vibe energies come to you. And this is where like the resolve starts because they need you to be who you are now, because that's what will facilitate their wake up as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just this really interesting thing. It's not like you're spared from those energies when you get to a certain point of awareness, you know, and you're just like, thank God, I don't got to dick with that anymore. It's like, no, now you dick with it quite a bit more. But you're in such a different mode of service that it's you're able to handle it, you know? Yeah, I (laughs) there are certainly many situations in my life, not as many now as there used to be where I'm very aware that I have to adjust my vibration and and I have to protect myself, too. But I'm also, you know, and and it's like, why why do I have to go deal with this? Like, why do I have to be? in this situation, you know, where I don't really want to be here. I, I don't want to be here at all, but I know that I, I usually know that there's a reason, you know, that either I'm there to be of service with, you know, or, or I'm there to learn, you know, from this lesson, from this person, um, from this situation. And, but it is, it is tricky because I think this was one of the things before we were, you know, had this, talk on this, on your podcast, I was thinking about one of the biggest things that a lot of people I work with struggle with. And, you know, not all of them, all of them are aware of that this is happening, but moving between 3d and 5d, it's like, well, I've got a, I still have to, I'm still in the family that I incarnated with. I'm still, they're still my family. I still have to find enough money to pay my mortgage or my rent this month. I still have to do all this annoying 3d stuff that I don't want to deal with. And I just want to meditate all day and astrally travel. And, you know, it's like that can be really tricky because it, and, and that's a whole other topic of like, just the, that's a wonderful one. We'll do that next time. Cause that's a huge one, you know, being living in the 3d and uh, balancing between the the four and 5d. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, but beyond just like the material sort of things like, you know, paying the bills or, whatever. I think it's also just different vibrational situations with different people and not judging. And believe me, I, I still need to work on this, judging it as bad, like, oh, they're just asleep and ignorant or something. But actually I have something to learn from them as well. Maybe I'm here to be of service because that's part of my soul vibration to be of service. But I also need to come from a place of humility and not thinking that I have all the answers. And that's something that I definitely, you know, I always am trying to work on like their ego, you know, what's happening with my ego, my thinking that I know something that maybe somebody else doesn't, even if they don't, if I, you know, it's hard to say like awake, not awake. We have to be careful with that, but um, it's, yeah, there's so much more. And I think I I really, one of the things that even though I don't, I'm not into any religion at all, but I learned a lot from Buddhism, which is more of a philosophy, I guess. But I learned so much from Buddhism because of that sort of 
how to move beyond ego. And that's a whole other topic too. It's like that, that is for people who are, you know, if we consider ourselves light workers or, you know, ascending souls or working on moving into 5d and all these words we use, it's like, but we still have our egos and how do we become aware of what our egos will tell us, including you're better than or more awake than other people. And how do we move through that? Even though, and some people that are in 3D can be quite nasty and awful <laughs> and we have to protect ourselves. It's a balance. You know, there's really no one answer. You know, you nailed it. I think that is the answer. It's balance. I think that yeah. it is being able to be super high vibe and meditate when you can, but also stand in a line at DMV with compassion and hold space for people <laughs> around you. Because I really do think that part of this, I have it written down right here, so I never forget it. Respecting everyone at their own level of consciousness is part of consciousness. Yeah. And it's that patience and compassion. Because, you know, to be argumentative with somebody about how wrong they are and how they see the world in a, in a way that's destructive, that it's never useful ever. You're not. And really when you sit there and kind of think of it, like that's a representative for a system, right? They're obviously not curious. You can tell people that reach out to you. Cause I get this all the time on the show, emails from people you would never think to be asking questions about aliens, uh, financial guys, big, you know, uh, multi-million dollar CEOs of stuff going like, I saw a UFO and I think I got abducted talk to me about it. They're not spreading this information. So it goes across the board. It's not somebody writing me and I, I thank God, I just don't get this. It's not somebody going, your stuff's dumb. The people you have on are stupid and your show sucks, you know, things like that, because I don't attract that. I'm, I don't put out the vibe to where I invite that. Like, it's just, it's not what yeah. I'm here for. I'm sure to have the conversations because I think it's all fucking amazing. So it it's like this energy that you put out, but also it's it's the balance. I mean that you again nailed it with this. It it is the balance that I think is really what we're here to learn, and really why I think this is for two main reasons. One, because duality is so pervasive here, and if there's two options. Either is too extreme to say that this is 100% good all the time. So really what I think is you're here to kind of navigate between the two to find that center road. And also, if you look at the Tree of Life, that um, it's in uh, Drumvalo's book, the Tree of Life, of course, uh, it has one center line going all the way up, uh, which means connected to source, and the other two lines that are fixed and stopped. They basically have endpoints to them. I picture mm. this as duality, and the middle line as basically your your shot to source. You're going to bounce between them because that's how you figure it out. There's also mm -hmm. that cone iconography uh, in all ancient writings and everything. It's basically that you start on this big, if you want to look at it side by side, but really it's more of a spiral, right? Then basically you kind of focus in and that spiral gets more tight, more tight, more tight because you kind of achieve this middle road or this balance, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what duality serves for us. It's just an idea. I don't, I don't know where I'm at with it. Yeah, that's so fascinating. I mean, everything, I love these conversations so much because everything you're saying is like expanding my consciousness in some way because it's different the way, you know, like we all have different, you know, certain vibrate vibrations, I guess, of things that we gravitate towards and things we read about. And, but somebody else reads about something or, you know, somebody else absorbs some other sort of information or, or just downloads. And then it's all just, it's contributing to, are just awakening and our ascension is just amazing. It's, it's so incredible. Cool. And I love this too. Uh, you, I mean, and we're going to wrap it up here. I'm going to give you the last word, but we've been in an amazing flow here and I absolutely adore you. Like, of course, your family. Uh, of course, you come on anytime and Thank I'm going to get so a few uh, people in contact with you, but also we're going to we're gonna do some more stuff like this. So yeah, um, if you don't you. mind, um, I've just, like I said, uh, had an amazing time with you. So if you don't mind, just tell us, tell us some final thoughts on folks. I'm going to be linking all the ways to find you, but if you'd like to just tell people as well, just so it's fresh, uh, please do yeah. that. But uh, Rich Ward, thank you so much. 
Thank you. Yeah. My, my final thoughts are um, for people who are listening, if parts of this have resonated with you, just trust that they've had, they've resonated for a reason and that you are awakening and there's those little sparks of light going off that just that, you know, keep holding that light within you. And it all comes back to what you feel in your heart as resident, you know, it's what, what do you feel that is true for you? Uh, keep, you know, take that with you and, and that will continue to expand. Um, so yeah, it's just been a blessing and honor. Thank you so much, Brandon. I've been, I love having these conversations and connecting with yeah, soul, my soul group like you. Um, so in terms of people finding me, I have, um, soulfulworkconsulting.com is my website. I also have another one, rachelhortonwhite.com. I didn't even mention this, but I recently wrote a book, um, Tools for the Awakening Soul, A Guide to Activate Your Intuition and Uncover Your Life's Purpose, very long, um, which has all these sorts of you know, tools to help people awaken, but it moves through you know, meditation, um, uh, creating a vibration of your future self, um, I call meditation quieting the mind, that was, which is essential, you know, to kind of bring us into that, um, that openness and open our third eye and all that, I'll move into our higher self and then move through ego. There's um, inner child, inner critic, all kinds of past life, current life healing, um, past life. I already said past lives. There's um, information about opening the third eye and connecting with divine guidance and how to do that, how to access the Akashic records. And then working with energy and emotions. Um, and then the book ends. It's a guidebook. It's like a writing exercise. So you write in the book and it's designed to be tools because it's like, how do we do this? I'm awakening. I'm seeing things. I want to feel better. I, um, you know, a lot of people are interested in, in they're, we're in varying levels. We want to maybe learn how to do, become a Reiki practitioner, or do psychic readings, or have a podcast like you do. Uh, but we also don't know how, and that, or, or we have these limiting beliefs like, from childhood, somebody told us we couldn't, or that was weird, or um, I certainly had that. And so we have to clear that stuff. And that's the shadow work that how we move into higher states of consciousness. So anyway, that book is, is a, you know, I have it behind me. I, didn't, I don't have a copy with me now, but it's, it took me six years to put it together. And I, I hope, I hope that if you're here, that you might check it out. It's on my website, Tools for the Awakening Soul. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much, you know, I'm on Facebook and Instagram under Soulful Work Consulting, I think or Silver Work Intuitive Consulting. And um, yeah, that's how people can find me. Happy to answer any questions anybody has. Badass. And I will, of course, be linking all the ways to find you, your book, which, yes, I had noted to, to talk to you about, but we just went for it here. So, well, folks, go check out fine. her book. Yeah, go check it's out the book. Fine. And I'll, I'll definitely put a picture of it in the intro and outro for this video as well. So check the show notes for the link to the video and go check that out because she's delightful and lovely and you just got to watch this anyway. Um, so thank you so much, Rachel. We'll absolutely do this again. You're incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Thanks, Brandon. Just wanted to take a moment and thank Rachel Horton White for coming by and hanging out with us. Rachel, you are welcome any damn time. That was amazing. Make sure that you guys check the show notes for all of the ways to contact her. And she does incredible work. So definitely book an Acacia greeting with her. I've got mine coming up very soon and I can't wait. So thank you again, Rachel. I really appreciate it. Also, if you want to see more of her, she actually joined us for an amazing panel chat that we had with Christopher the Astro Medium, Amy Belair, uh, Stuart Pierce was on that, and Ben Carroll. And we just, it's called Ultra Terrestrial. 
Nostrils. It's in the Expansive Insider. So if you want to sign up to become an Expansive Insider to take advantage of that, also it's a wonderful, wonderful way to support the show that supports the shit out of you expanding your reality, right? We're all moving forward into greater, grander versions of ourselves, and that is one of the most aligned ways to be a part of this show. Tons of bonus conversations, all the panel stuff's over there. It's an incredible value. It's a stupid value, to be honest with you. But again, it's up there, and she joined us for one of those, so make sure that you guys check that out. It's linked in the show notes. Also, while you're down there, check out our resource links. We've got Food Force Abundance, Get Your Freedom From Fear on, Opus, the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support, as well as if you want to start your own podcast, check the link down there that says Start Your Own Podcast. Red Circle is who we just partnered with. Could not recommend them enough, so that's what we're doing. Also, The Manifestor's Guide, if you are ready to really step up your game into the next level of becoming the greatest, grandest version of yourselves, and this is not for the faint of heart, by the way, only if you're very serious, click that link. But if you're doing that, he has a sweet scholarship deal that he does just for you, the listeners of this show. To sweeten the deal even more, go to checkout and type in Expanding Reality, all caps, no spaces, and that's how you do that. So I want to thank you guys all from the bottom of my heart for hanging out with us and for expanding your reality with us, with these amazing guests, these incredible conversations. I love hearing from guests that get responses from you, the audience, that just thank them for what they're doing and just tell them that they're amazing. You don't go get every damn book I recommend or anything like that. I do that on purpose so that you can enjoy those things, but it's not a requirement. Sometimes just a a little message, you know, sends a huge heaping spoonful of love to these amazing guests that come over and spend their time with this guy. So definitely something I would encourage y'all to do. And thank you all for being so engaging and such an amazing audience. Now go out into this beautiful, beautiful place, whatever the hell this thing is, guys, and pick up a piece of litter, smile at everybody you come across, just be pleasant, it'll change your life, just the simple act of being pleasant. Uh, while you're doing that, go ahead and if you want to step your game up, buy somebody in line around you a coffee or a meal, something super small goes a huge way in the collective. Also, get out of the left-hand lane. If you've got somebody behind you wanting to pass there, this is not something a lot of people know about, but we're doing God's work here with this, so get out of the left-hand lane. And above all and anything else, guys, go out into this beautiful place, whatever the hell this thing is, and y'all just be good to one another. Thank you so much for listening, for watching, for engaging, and just being the most amazing badass audience ever. Just keep moving forward, guys. We're, We're doing great, so just keep moving forward. We will see you next time.